Welcome back to Insurance Happy Hour. I'm Becky. I'm Laird. Hi, Laird. Hi, Becky. What are you up to? <laughs> I was thinking about work in the shower the other day. No. <laughs> no, it's not. More more just the fact that I think a lot in the shower. Well, there there is a study out there. And I think we've actually talked about it. Is that no, we didn't talk about we it. We haven't talked about it. Is this no. what you're going to talk about? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Go then. Go for it. Because I've read the same study and I totally. Well, agree. I didn't. Re- I didn't read the study, but I, you know, it just. I realized that I do a lot of thinking in the shower, mm-hmm. and I have a theory of why. But I want to hear about the study first. Okay. You want me to tell you? Yes. Holy oh. crap! So I'm doing it off the top of my head while you have it on your computer. In <laughs> I front don't of have you? the study on, on the computer in front of me. Okay. Um, what it is, is it's from, from what I remember is it's a combination of the water hitting you and that it's very specialized. It's the sound, it's the white noise that a shower creates and it's the water that's hitting you and you're able to control your brain's thoughts with the temperature of the water. And that's why you hear all these people that are like, you know, take a really cold shower, energizes you for the day. Well, yeah, it gets you, you want to get that heck out. <laughs> get your butt out of the shower. But you get a nice warm shower and I don't like hot showers at all. Like I, I mean, in, in the summer. Just the the cold water is warm enough for me. Yeah. Like, it, it just I, I'm not a really hot shower, but it's the the water, the cleansing, the 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 feeling of the water running uh, over you, as well as the the white noise allows your mind to actually start to work and try to fix on fix things. And so um, that's that's uh, that's kind of the the baseline for it. Um, it gives you alone time. That you know, first of all, you want your privacy in the shower. You don't want kids popping in. You know, you don't want any of that happening. Just because I don't want it to happen doesn't it, mean it happens. Of course, <laughs> but you, you have this. It's it's meant to be this this you, you know alone time. And I actually take really long showers, and it's a it's a boot up procedure. I call it. You know, I, I sit there and I think about my day. I start to process my day. I, I start to go, this is what I'm going to do. And that's, that's where I, um, you know, that, that's where I come up with my hero goal every day. I don't know if I've ever told you about you my hero goal. You have not told me about your hero goal. I have a hero goal every single day. What I do is I say, I'm going to do this today. And if I do this today, I'm a hero, mm-hmm. you know, to myself, it's not to the world. Right. It's a, you know, I don't, you know, I don't need to impress anybody. Um, I, I don't need to, that's, you know, everybody has some, they want self, self validation and whatnot, but I don't go through my life trying to impress everybody. I, I want to every single day try to impress myself. Mm. And I, I, you know, it kind of gives me this, this mentality that I, I want to every single day grow myself. And I want to find out a new way to do something on the computer or a new, I want to create a new design, or I want to solve that problem that someone's having, or I want to figure out how we can understand the market better. Or I go out and research the market and start talking to agents and carriers and seeing what things are. And then I, I formulate so I always start every day with a hero goal and I always come up with it in the shower and uh, it's just my, my alone time. So you were thinking in the shower about work. Well, I'm not, not specific. The, my point was not what I was thinking about. Just the fact that I realized that I do a lot of thinking in the shower, but it's not the only place I think. Okay. Do tell. I, I think a lot when I'm out running mm-hmm. and I also think a lot while I'm driving Driving is my driving is my second, and I and it's I don't think it's because of you know the water hitting me or or the fact that I'm driving. It's just I'm doing something I have done so many times. I don't have to think about what I'm doing, so I I am allowed. My brain can then focus on other problems it's trying to solve instead of 
necessarily, you know, running the three miles I might want to run or washing my hair or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And and, and driving, but how do you know driving? Is it just because you're on autopilot or something like that? I'm I'm going from work to home or or daycare to work because I dropped off my kids. I don't have to think about how I'm getting there. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm just able to, you know, I'm paying attention to the road. It's not like I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing, but I'm not having to think, okay, where's my next turn? How much further do I have to go till I'm there? I can just focus on other things. Now, how many times have you been driving you? Whenever you moved office or when you moved houses, Mm -hmm. did you ever drive to your old house? No. Ah, I, um, right. Probably about six months after, um, you know, we sold evolution designs to ITC. Um, I found myself, uh, waving my wallet where I keep my, um, my, my pass card, my, my little access card, whatnot at the uh, parking structure at my old building. <laughs> I have done that with offices. Okay. So, um, this, this was back when I was in graduate school. I had a internship for the summer mm-hmm. at a, a, a firm and they moved offices over that summer mm-hmm. and I was on the team <laughs> and went two stops past where the new office was because I was going to the old office. Yeah. So I've done that. I'm, I didn't get all the way up to the office door though. <laughs> yeah. I, um, you know, whenever I have a lot of stress in my life and things aren't, aren't going the way that I like or whatnot, and I, I need to think through things, the shower is always my, what I do at the beginning of the day. That's, yeah. that's my startup boot up procedure. That's how I, I get my rear and gear effectively. But if I ever need to think, you know, deeply about personal stuff or, or life in general, I go for a drive. Mm-hmm. And, um, I always catch myself, you know, finding a star and pointing the point the wheel to that star and driving. Yeah. And whenever I've come to terms or, or feel better about what I'm driving, what I'm driving and thinking about, um, turn around and go home. Now that's never a lot of fun. Whenever I'm like 140 miles away, <laughs> it took me, <laughs> it took me almost three hours to figure out the solution to my problem or, or next steps. And then I'm like, Okay, it's uh, one in the morning, and uh, I've got a three-hour drive back home. I think I'm going to get a hotel room. But, <laughs> but no, I, I, I totally agree. I think most people do that. I think that you know, um, listening to music for me is you know having a soundtrack to your life. And every I have moods to my music, and whenever I'm in those moods, I listen to it. And you hear it all the time. I mean, I, I've, I've got a wide range of music that I listen to, and. It's it's always based upon the mood. If I don't want to, if I don't want to be in my thoughts, like I just want to be doing what I'm doing, you know, like mowing the lawn or you know anything like that. It's like heavy metal, you know. But if I want to think, I'll do post rock. You know, the kind of like the intro to our our show and whatnot. Right. So. So you want to talk about the future? Yeah, but uh, hold on. Oh, you're not done? This is an intriguing subject. I got more questions for you. We're not done. So, I mean, do you have have things you'd rather think about in the car or in the shower? Or, or, you know, what's that? You know, do you break it up kind of like I do? I don't know that I have specific topics and specific locations or for activities that I'm doing. It's just whatever I'm trying to solve, whatever I'm thinking about, it's, you know, the next next time I'm in a place that I'm, I'm able to focus more internally and less externally um that's what i think about now how do, whenever you have a note that you need to take while you're driving what do you do 
Oh, I usually don't do anything. I'm trying to remember it because <laughs> I'm driving. I'm not going to pick up my phone. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you a pro tip here. Okay. Call your voicemail. Oh, I do that. Okay. And just leave yourself a voicemail. Yeah. And and I usually am not very nice to my future self. <laughs> okay. How? Give me an example. Oh, oh, it will be something like this. Hey. Yeah, it's 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 uh, past me. I can assure you that you, Mister Future Me, did not remember this. Yeah, you're sitting there right now. You're thinking, what did I forget? You know, oh my God, I'm talking to myself. I mean, these are the thoughts that are going through your thick skull when you can't remember to do X. Yeah. And then I hang up. And usually usually I uh, (laughs) see you later, sucker. (laughs) I email myself a lot. I mean, obviously not while I'm driving, but Mm -hmm. if I'm like, you know, taking my kids to gymnastics or ballet or whatever. And I think of something and I just send myself a quick email. And I love that outlook now says a note from you yeah, <laughs> or a note from, from self. me. Note from self. That's what it says, a note from self. <laughs> <laughs> like it knows that I'm emailing myself and it tells me this is from you. It's, it's like the old, it's the old recorders. Note to self. No shit. That's why I kind of, I take it a little bit further and I talk to myself like I, you know, yeah future laird you're an idiot you forgot all about this didn't you and then <laughs> and then and then you know whenever it's one of those really hard days when i start talking back to it like oh, hi <laughs> <laughs> okay was was there another question uh, no, no, no. I okay, just, that was it. Yeah, that's fine. I we're, just want to make sure before I try to move on again, before you, you told me you weren't done. Oh, well, yeah, we're already 10 minutes into this episode, okay. so that's how it goes. All right, so so the future. You want to talk about the future? Sure. Gartner. When um, will now be then? I don't know. Just now. Yeah. You just missed it. I did. When? Yesterday. Just now. <laughs> If, okay, if anybody can know what that, that reference is from, go ahead and tweet us with the hashtag insurance happy hour and, and uh, you win a prize. My, my everlasting adoration, the fact that you have watched good movies as a child. Mm. Well, I don't win anything because I don't know what <laughs> didn't catch the reference. Uh, but Gartner released their top 10 technology predictions uh, for 2019 and really going beyond 2019. So some mm-hmm. of this is not not even going to probably happen in, in the next year, but it's you know within probably five. And I love I love this comment. Through 2020, 80 percent of artificial intelligence projects will remain alchemy, run by wizards whose talents won't scale widely in the organization. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that they said it's still going to be just magic. Yeah. No one's going to understand it. Well, I mean, I, I think that. A lot of people – I think that the people that are actually going to best know artificial intelligence in the long term are going to be psychologists mm-hmm. because um, you, you know, artificial intelligence either A, just is a really good database that remembers everything or it has a neural learning net underneath it that helps connect the dots that you can't see. And the only way that it does it is to continuously play the scenarios like a child. Right. That's exactly – I mean like if you've ever seen like AI we've talked about before where they learn how to play Super Mario Brothers. Yep. Is that they just keep failing and failing and failing and then all of a sudden they start to to see how to do this and they program it and then all of a sudden – it's not this that it learned that level. It learned how to – it extrapolated how to play that level and beyond. So um, I, I can absolutely say that that's going to be the case because a lot of it is you put a data set in and you kind of go, 
we'll try to figure it out. But in the end, it's it's you know it's really driven by database experts, people that know how to put data into a computer. Yep. And then you know the the psychologist and the and the people that can connect those dots. Yeah. So it's a, it a great line, though. I know. <laughs> I just wanted to say it because <laughs> I loved it. Next one. Um, by 2023, facial matching and 3D facial imaging will become important elective aspects of capturing data about vulnerable populations like children or the elderly um, that will help reduce the number of missing people. What do you think? Uh, this is related to insure tech? It, not necessarily insure tech. I think it's just, just technology just trends? Technology okay. trends, yeah. Was, technology was, trends from, from Gartner. I just... I, I find it interesting. Uh, yeah, and scary. It, yeah. It, uh, well, okay, so, you know, I, I got a new phone oh, this summer. Go ahead. Go ahead right? Yes, yeah. And I was looking at, what did I get? The, the 8 Plus, I think, or the iPhone X. Mm, look at you. Hoity-toity. I'm, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> I just needed a better phone that was going to work. Um, and the difference between the two was just the facial recognition. Mm-hmm. versus the the thumbprint to unlock the phone. Yeah, but that's that's very basic. It, it, uh, I mean, it's totally basic, but it is technology I am not comfortable with. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I, I can see, you know, it's, it's always a technology becomes a benefit to society in some way, but then it becomes, it, it's used as a detriment. Right. Um, because, man, for, um, you know, human trafficking, Put the photo into the database, 3D, you know, 3D shoot the, the, the photo, put it in the database and have every camera in the world like sitting there just ca- – and then you see this person walking through. And he's like, well, there they were. I mean so I could see that as being really good but also, you know, that, that becomes a, a security state in the same right is that they would be able to track you. Oh, was there, Laird was there, there, there. Laird was speeding. Laird was, Laird was here. Laird was driving. You know, all those types of things just scare the crap out of me because, you know, there's – it's you – know, I, I, I hate that argument of like, well, I don't mind being monitored if I'm not doing anything wrong. It's not always, you know, that's not how it is. I mean, there are a ton of people that have been falsely accused who said the wrong thing. I mean, there's a great video out there of a, who is a lawyer telling a story to a class of uh, law students. And at the end, he asked a question and half the room raised their hand as an answer to that question. Well, the problem with that was, was that they all assumed that the person got shot, but in nowhere did in the story, did they say that the person was even that deceased, but they had surmised that the person had been shot. And, um, what happened was then it turns into a question of like, well, how did you know that they were shot? And, you know, there's all these techniques that can get people in trouble that they need to, Make sure that that it's not always about exercising a right, you know, like you don't have a right for unreasonable search and seizure and all that type of stuff. But sometimes people will sit there and people are inherently helpful. And so they volunteer information. And so when you're walking around and someone, you know, goes, well, why were you in the airport on this day? Well, you know, I was doing this, this, this and this. And oh, why were you over there? And all that. It, it, It scares the crap out of me. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> there's a card, a website called Mark, marketunist.com mm-hmm. that I, I like to get his, look at his, he has a newsletter or whatever once a week and he always has some new cartoon that he draws around marketing and he has funny ones about, um, 
tracking customers throughout mm-hmm. the customer journey and and like you know there's one about the holiday ads it's like it's creepy how targeted these christmas ads are how do marketers collect so much data on us there's a little elf on the shelf like sitting there watching yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's it's it's not necessarily that i'm not doing anything wrong so it doesn't matter it's what are they doing with that data right how are they selling it to someone else, then what are they doing with that data? Oh, and you, and you know that they are. I mean, oh, right. da- data's data's valuable. It's the most valuable commodity that you can actually have. Right. There, um, Mozilla actually has a website where they take the top or, or the you know the popular holiday tech gifts or whatever and mm-hmm. rank it on a creepy factor. Okay. Or as far as like what data it's collecting mm-hmm. on you, what it's doing with that data, and it, so it's everything from like your you know, smart home assistant speaker thing up to your fitness tracker or your smart light switch, whatever. Cause you know, all of those are tracking something. All, all you got to do is look at Amazon or Netflix and fired up and it goes, here's some suggestions for you. And you're like, damn it. Those are pretty good suggestions. <laughs> and you know, the same thing like Google news and any type of news feed is that it starts to curate something directly for you. And it's like, Oh, this is creepy. How did it know that I wanted this? Like YouTube is notorious for it. It's like, I've gone down the the YouTube rabbit hole every once in a while where I'm watching a video and then I go to the homepage and I was like, Oh, this is a cool video. Oh, that's really cool. And then all of a sudden it starts populating more videos like it. And I'm like, Mm, I've just spent the past hour on YouTube and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's never ending. Yeah. They went, and it's the point, right? Is to keep you on the platform for Correct. as long as they can. So they can serve you more ads. So they can charge their advertisers more. And, and I mean, that's what, what they're doing. Yep. So that's a creepy one. Yeah. <laughs> um, AI enhanced virtual care that it will help reduce emergency room visits <laughs> within five years. You think? Are no, we, are we talking, you know, um, Big Hero 6, Baymax? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> you need a hug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you look sad. You look sad. Um, you know, I, yeah, I I could see that. It would at least get the world off of WebMD. <laughs> that would be a start. <laughs> man, I'm, I've got I've got every disease known to man. I've got 15 cancers. <laughs> I'm... Uh, you, you know, I'm a walking calamity every single time that I, you know, get a rash on my elbow. You know, I'm like, oh, I got a rash on my elbow. I got on WebMD, and you know, I should be speaking to an oncologist because I have, you know, foot cancer. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's like, and so you know, having something that's a little bit intelligence going. Hmm. Like the time that I got into uh, poison ivy, I had no clue that I got on poison ivy because what happened was I was in the backyard and I had pulled a vine down. Well, that vine was a um, poison ivy vine, no leaves on it. So there was no like, you know, but the vine itself, yeah. the bark actually has that Eurasia oil or whatever they call it. And I got it all over. And I'm like, I'm tracking down people left and right, left, you know, going out and saying, okay, well, you know, what did I eat? And I'm going to doctors and everything. I mean, and I react really bad to poison ivy. And so it's all over. And then I just sat there out of the blue going, oh, yeah, it started the day after I pulled that vine off of that tree. And, you know, if, you know, there was AI that could sit there and go, remember when you were doing this and you ate that and that that causes that? Then there you go. So I, I could I could buy in that one. Yeah. 
All right, how's this? <laughs> By 2021, 75% of public blockchains will suffer privacy poisoning, inserted personal data that renders the blockchain non-compliant with privacy laws. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. It, blockchain. <laughs> I knew that was going to get you. Uh, yeah. I hear people talk about blockchain, and they they don't know what it's about. And they don't know how to use it and they want to throw everything into the blockchain. And it's, you know, in, in some cases, whenever it comes to financial transactions, stock trades, um, you know, virtual currency, things like that. Yeah, it works pretty well. Um, where, where it just falls apart is that, you know, remember uh, last week's episode, we were talking about that people don't like to share their data. And so, you know, for the blockchain to be, it has to be kind of like aggregated to a singular source or at least, um, you know, propagated to a peer to peer type network Mm -hmm. for that to actually work. And whenever you're not, you're, you're kind of, you know, if if one partner's missing from the blockchain or they created their own and, you know, that's what's happening with like Bitcoin now is it's like, you know, there's 500 different, uh, you know, coin exchanges of various elk. And then it just devalues the whole thing and then people just don't even do it. So um, blockchain is such a joke. I mean, I know where it can be used and valuable and all that, but it's a joke that you add blockchain to your name of your company or you put it in your, your thesis and all of a sudden you're worth five times more. Yeah. Jerks. <laughs> That's just a small portion of his blockchain rant. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Dude, my car's got blockchain. <laughs> okay. So the next one is that legislation that is already on the books like GDPR or upcoming legislation will continue to limit the use of cookies and put more cookie. Right. Put more pressure on what is informed consents for using a person's data. And, you know, that means that you may not be able to just accept a cookie to say, yes, that's fine. You will have to give explicit consent, which could then in turn um, really hurt the ad revenue on the Internet. Oh, drastically. And, you know, what it will do is, you know, privacy and all that. I wish there was like, you know, if there was a consolidated place that was kind of driven by blockchain that allows you to have a consolidated place where you can see where everything is opted in, where you've opted into all different sites. Like there's a a clearinghouse that is the common one. Facebook was going down that path, but then they opened up that access to to Cambridge Analytica. Um, Google has it. Lots of people have this where you you can see who's been accessing and and all that type of stuff. So there's a history. But if you could have it all in one place and then you could sit there and, you know, self-select what you do and do not like and you have control over it, I think that that's what's needed to make make it work because we're going to go back to the, the days of untargeted ads. And um, what that will do is you're just throwing up an ad and hoping that it sticks. Right. And where that creates a, a massive problem is that then average revenue is going to drop and then people are going to stop going to, you know, sites aren't going to be able to, you know, continue to, to roll. I mean, like Defy Media crashed last week, which was uh, a YouTube 
con, you know, a collaboration platform. And it's because of rule changes to ad networks that they just went belly up in a heartbeat because of it. Right. And so what we're going to do is we're going to see sites continue to put up paywalls. Um, Which people are not going to like because they're so used to having that content for free. Correct. So it, it's it kind of drives me a little bit nuts because you want the free content, but then you turn on your ad blogger. Well, that content is not not free. Somebody has to pay for it. Correct. So you either have to subscribe and pay that publication, that website, that organization for that news, or you need to deal with ads. Or or you know you need to create content that is. Good. I mean, so good that it causes people to pass a paywall, like the crap that um, you know Huffington Post or Wall, um, you know Washington Post. Were you puts really going to say Wall Street Journal puts that crap? No, no. But that's what I was going to go. Is that I have a Wall Street Journal um, account. Like yeah. I pay, and that, when we get it, and you know, it, it's it's not about which way they lean or anything like that. But where it comes into is that they have really good quality articles about things that interest me. So I pay that bill, right? And but the thing is, is that I went and got a Dallas Morning News because it really ticked me off that uh, every time I saw an article on Google News, I click on it and it was like, well, you've you've exhausted your one of three articles for this, you know, semester, and <laughs> it's like I was always hitting that that thing, and um, so I said that I'll buy it, and I went and bought it, and. I get past their little paywall, right? Because I bought it, and there's 10 billion ads. Like I, I have to scroll four times to get to it. I was like, wait a minute, I just paid you to come see your ads. I paid you to get past the paywall. Don't charge me anymore. Yeah. So I was a little grumpy on that one. Score <laughs> them. Get my money back. But um, you, you know, either create really good quality that people want to read and pay for, and that's where medium medium was trying to go. Mm-hmm. Is really trying to do that is you know create where people create par- great articles and they'll pay for it. But like I pay for red to uh, the YouTube. Uh, I guess it's premium now. It used to be called YouTube Red, mm-hmm. which I don't get any ads. And so whenever I was logged out one time and watch a video, why the heck is this ad on here? And I turned it off, or I was like, "Oh, log in, reviewed it, no video, no ad." I don't mind the the pre roll ads; it's the mid roll ads that drive me nuts. Oh, and Facebook is starting to really do those. You yeah, know, you're halfway through that tasty video, and they're about to hit the money shot of them cooking those cookies, and then all of a sudden, it's like, "We'll be right back." <laughs> Would you like to buy Cottonelle? <laughs> no, <laughs> give me my cookies. I want cookies. <clears throat> no, but I, you know, back to GDPR and all that. Yeah, I. It's going to get worse before it gets better. I think the only way that you can do it is having some consolidated place to do it, because once you remove the ability to track users and provide, you know, behaviorally targeted ads, it, it's it's going to cause massive problems. Yeah. And. GDPR was so broadly written that it also causes problems for Google because they're like, you know, anything could be like a violation of that. And out there in California, those those guys are out there starting to go down that path as well. Yeah. So one of the things they also say is by 2022, companies leveraging the gatekeeper position of the digital giants will capture 40% of global market share on average in their industry. A lot of keywords, a lot of little. Words I know there. a lot. What, what a does that mean? A lot of huge words. In yeah, that. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> I, I, I'm not smart sometimes. <laughs> so the path to achieving and sustaining a dominant market share position globally is likely to lead to and through one or more of the digital giants. 
That would be Google, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, oh, Alibaba. The Walled Garden. Right. Yes. Right. And their ecosystems, Walled Garden. Correct. Um, so they already command massive consumer share, and they're using their gatekeeper positions, mm-hmm. their walled garden, um, and infrastructure to enter B2B also. So what is, what is that? Uh, how does that equate to like what happened at Facebook? Because I mean, Facebook login used to be ubiquitous. You could just right. sit there and like login via Facebook and boom, you're on the site says, Hey, they don't access your email address. They don't post on your wall. All right. Well, very good. Well, all that date, what they didn't say is that they were sharing data in the back end to help mm-hmm. elect, you know, people. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I don't like it. So, one of their one of their final things: um, social media scandals and security breaches will have effectively zero lasting consumer impact. I I I think that uh, at this point, like uh, pers- PII breaches are absolutely worthless. I mean, what last week you had, you know, or the week week prior or whatever, you know, um, Marriott with half a billion compromised accounts. Were you one of them? I know you're I, a huge Marriott user. I, you know what? I wasn't a huge Starwood person, oh. and so this was these breaches happened on the previous Starwood network. Gotcha. And so it didn't impact Marriott. So I'm a big Marriott person, which it didn't impact. Nice. But so I haven't gotten noticed. But I think that I stayed in a Starwood property, but I don't think I ever signed up for their program. So I'm not quite sure. But I've never given Marriott my passport number or like that and any credit cards that were there at the time. And then, frankly, my date of birth, social security number, driver's license number, name, all that stuff is out there. Yeah. I'm, I'm 100% sure of it. Yeah. And so that that's the thing is that, that that's the impact that's going to impact the insurance industry is whenever it comes to cybersecurity is that there's a point where just no one cares anymore. Right. And I think, I mean, we're really hitting peak, not giving a crap um, when we're looking at this because, you, you know, there, there's outrage, but a flipping credit bureau exposed data, exposed almost every single consumer in the United States and – What's been their, their punishment? What's been the Equifax punishment? Almost non-existent. Yeah. I mean, the amount of information. And so, and then once everybody's information is out there, then it becomes just an onus on the consumer themselves to pay for the risk that the to that the credit card company is. And, and I got to tell you, credit card companies are getting really good about it because I got uh, Chase. They, they send me an alert going, was this you? Like, no, but it's something that I probably would have bought. And I'm like, no, but it wasn't. And they it refunded immediately and they closed my account. They they knew about the fraud. I think that's where you artificial intelligence is gonna really help save a lot of things. Yeah. Is seeing patterns that aren't readily available and creating those connections that don't that don't normally take place. Being and being able to to do it quicker, right? Then Correct. And it, it it was it it was a breach of my credit card that I used to travel. So mm. that thing's. I mean, I've already called them and say, listen, I travel all over the U.S. all the time. Moments notice, you might as well just you know. I don't want to be in you know in Columbus, Ohio, and have this little fraud alert come popping up because I'm all of a sudden in Columbus when I made a transaction two and a half hours ago in Dallas. Right. And, you know, I don't need that. And they're like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. And boom, that that's good. Yep. So, what do you think, technology? For the future, what do you see? I, 
you know it, that that was a lot of buzzwords. I mean, that it thing is. was that that thing was chasing clicks. Well, it was it was from Gartner, so of course it, it, it was chase, it was chasing eyeballs. Um, connected devices, yeah, up and down the chain. Um, from and you know, I think that this really impacts the insurance industry quite a bit. Because we get a better understanding of how consumers use and engage with the products um, that they buy and how they look to insure them. And that goes in. So whenever we have connected devices, I look at it from the broad spectrum, your vehicle. So UBI or connected uh, autonomous vehicles or connected vehicles that talk to each other that uh, report up how fast you're driving and how many times you're not using your blinker and um, all that jazz. And uh, to your home thermostat, do you keep it really hot? Do you keep it really cold? I mean, are you allowing the – is it a rental property that all of a sudden you allow it to – you know, get to the point where pipes start bursting in your house and stuff like that. Are you monitoring that? Do you have a connected water heater that says that it's, uh, you know, it's the it's flowing out, whatever it is, to the wristwatch that you're wearing and you're you're tracking. Um, I did an article for IBA. Insurance Business America. Yeah, sorry. Insurance Business America earlier, earlier this year talking about how um, wearables are going to make an impact on how insurance is is sold and underwritten. And then all of a sudden it's like what John Hancock came out and said that life insurance, that they're now tying life insurance and how how you live your life based upon your your smartwatch. And then a health insurance company just last month said that they will give employees of their, their companies that buy their insurance from them is they will give them... Them, um, Apple watches if they commit to a certain activity level. Yeah. Because it, it's, you know, they're able to track it, they can understand it. And so, really, it goes down to something we've said multiple times on this podcast is that data is valuable. And so, whenever you have a connected device that can readily um, upload that information up to some party for them to aggregate and make business decisions on. And this flies into GDPR. And, you know, the thing about GDPR is you check a little box that says, I want to opt in. And you don't know how broad that opt in could be. And you can say, you know, it opts in, we're going to distribute to partner networks. We're going to aggregate it. We're going to anonymize it. We're going to send it out as is, you know, all these things we talked about DNA, all these things that are coming in where data is going to become the, da- the, the, the valuable point. Right. And so, um, that's where I see things is that, um, data is going to be, you know, data storage, being able to connect those dots much quicker using connected devices to funnel that data so that it's not self-reported, that it's kind of reported by the, by the devices and takes the human error and aspect out of it. Yeah. And then finally, you know, being able to extract behavioral information and use that to better the offering that insurance agents and carriers can offer their clients. Because now you know how they use that phone. You know how they use that, um, that car. You know how they, they run their house and how well they upkeep their house, all based upon the metrics that are coming in. And you can specially um, curate an offering for that consumer and say, hey, we're going to cover all your goods. We're going to cover your, your laptop and your TVs and your, all this type of stuff and um, be able to better understand how we can insure everybody. So you, you talk about connected devices. I have a question for you. Yes. Do you have one of those smart assistant home speakers? Yeah. Do you? My, microphone's turned off, though. 
Well, how do you use it if you can't talk to it? Uh, I use my phone to tell it to play music. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's something I I just cannot bring myself to do. I, the use case for me is not enough for me to want to to get one of those. Yeah, I know. And that's and that's again privacy, privacy, yeah. privacy. Yeah, absolutely. So, what do you think, dear listeners? What technology do you do you see in the future, or do you just have a comment on on some of the things that we've talked about today? You know, hit us up on Twitter. I'm Becky L. Schroeder. Laird is L. Ricksford. You can also use the hashtag Insurance Happy Hour. And you can uh, subscribe to this wonderful podcast on Spotify, iTunes. Stitcher, Spotify, again, Google Play. <laughs> Tune in, Stitcher. Tune in, Did you say that? Uh, Spotify. But, uh, yeah. Well, I think, we're, I think we're about done for this episode. Yep. Yep. But, uh, as always, it's been fun. And Thanks for listening.